Welcome to Funding Quest, where our quest is to help you find the best funding solutions for your business. I'm your host, Byron Allen, and today I'm joined by Jeremy Lewis, a senior loan underwriter for American Life Financial. Jeremy is an expert in commercial real estate loans, an industry where he has worked for over 15 years. This episode will be the first of a two-part series where we discuss private or hard money loans and how they have evolved over time. Today we are pleased to have Jeremy Lewis with us. Jeremy is the Senior Loan Underwriter for American Life Financial Corporation and a, a seasoned expert in commercial real estate from lending, investing, loan underwriting, the, the gamut. And uh, so we're very pleased to have Jeremy here with us to share some of his insights Thank and you. experience. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and we're talking specifically today about how hard money loans today aren't the same as hard money loans of yesteryear. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and and uh, what are those differences? How has that product changed over time? You've, you've seen it evolve over time. Sure. And share with us some of that. Well, in a word, to me, it comes down to efficiency. The space, uh, the hard money space has gotten more efficient. You know, lenders have dialed in on risk and what they need to charge and, you know, competition from other financial sources. Basically, that, that's what it seems to me. The space has gotten much more efficient, meaning, again, it's not, you know, a guesstimate uh, about what you need to charge and what's the riskier type loan that you might be looking at, uh, both in terms of interest and in terms of fees and just generally the, the process. It's gotten more efficient. It's gotten more competitive. Uh, efficiency tends to bring better prices for the end user or borrower uh, across all sectors, stock market, and as well as the lending market for commercial real estate. So that's what it looks like to me. So that's, yeah, yeah which makes it really much more viable of a solution sure, for more sure, business owners. Sure, because the difference between basically what you might get from a bank or, you know, CMBS mortgage, uh, securitized mortgages, um, life company, and the quote hard money space or the bridge market space, I think it's been compressed. It's not as wide as it used to be. A, the banks seem to me to charge a little bit more, so they're, they're getting in on the profit game too, and, and the, the hard money lenders or the bridge lenders are charging less, so the delta, the difference between those two has now shrunk right. uh, materially to the point where, yeah, uh, under a lot of circumstances, the, the bridge loan can make sense and even be better than a bank loan because it comes with out some of the constraints, prepayment penalties, yield maintenance, things like that. And even to that point, there are some securitized lenders. Sure. Right, where their business model is to package up the loans they originate right. and sell them to Wall Street. For a fixed term or a per perceived fixed term. So when you pay early, you have to pay this interest that basically you, you never incurred. <laughs> but that's their yield maintenance formula that says they're entitled to you know X dollars, whether you pay the loan on day one of the loan or day you know 730. 
maybe. Anyway, yeah. uh, that concept, yeah, they, they have this fixed amount of interest that they're bargaining for. And sometimes they'll even spell it out, like, you know, X hundred thousand dollars of interest. Right. So there's no debate about, it's not a formula, it's a fixed amount. Exactly, yes, yeah. Other so lenders are different. They just say, you know, hey, we understand you prefer to pay us off if you can get cheaper financing, and when you can, via con Dios, uh, we'll be here next time. Right, and and that's that brings us to a great point. So, Funding Quest, the objective of Funding Quest is to help business owners find the most optimal financing or funding source for their particular situation. Sure, and if that's if that's a bank loan, if that's a real estate right. loans. And so, yeah, whatever those situations are, that's what Funding Quest's ob objective is, sure. is to provide that to the um, borrowers and... And business owners, you bet. Yeah. Well, sure, I mean, accounts receivable, working capital. I mean, real estate's part of the, the mix, I think, of capital budgeting and uh, space. You, you need space to run a business, usually. Everybody who's running a business needs some sort of space. Now, you might be able to do it out of a garage or the proverbial garage for a while, but eventually it's like, do I rent, do I lease, do I buy, can I get an SBA loan? You know, there's all this mm -hmm. bundle of variables about how best to expand and grow, and where do you grow? Right. I mean, what's the what's the the best way to go about doing that? And anytime we're looking at a loan, we want basically to have the feeling, at least in my perception, that the borrower, you know, has a plan, <laughs> <laughs> and it's a, f a functional plan and a workable one. We have to feel like, hey, this isn't a unicorn we're chasing. They actually have a product that the market has already received, and we think it'll receive even more if they had more space, better facilities, et cetera, et cetera, so that we buy into. Uh, or any lender does, same same things, the banks do this too. They want to see that you've considered, you know, the downside and the upside and how you get there and that you can pay the bills in between. And Yeah, and that, that brings me to a what I think is a, a key understanding that it's really important for business owners to understand, and that is that there really is this spectrum of, of types of financing yeah. and, and the relative costs of those financing. And it makes sense, most of it is related to risk. There's going to be a pretty tight correlation between the amount of risk that the loan provides the lender and how much the lender charges t for that loan. And uh, also probably how many lenders there are willing to compete for that loan. Right. And so we're looking at where are you on that continuum. Yeah. And our goal is to help you get to that ultimate... Maximal efficiency. I mean... Perfect. Perfect term. Yeah. The, the, the lowest cost, uh, most favorable financing. Sure. And, and if you're not there yet, where, well, where in that spectrum are you? What's going to move the needle to the right, right. in the right direction? And how do we get you there? Exactly. And that's the beauty is we partner with professionals that have that expertise from all the different types of lending right. and can look at that at your situation and say here's what you need right to go from here this is what you can get now right. and and of your options that you can qualify for now this is what we think would be the most optimal for you and how are you going to use that to get to and what else do you need to do in your business to get to those, sure. those next levels so but our, our 
topic primarily today is talking about that niche, and, and I, I view it somewhere in the middle of that spectrum. We're talking about the hard money loans that are in that middle, I'd say they're in that middle yeah. of that continuum. Yeah. And so talk to us how, we, we talked about efficiency, how they've changed over time, they become more efficient, therefore better that pricing, means right. better pricing, more competitive. Uh, better what, terms as a rule. Yeah, better terms, yeah. Generally. Yeah. So. Uh, tell us about the, the reputation of hard money, if it's deserved or not deserved, yeah. and even maybe why are they called hard money loans? Well, I think hard money loans derive from the fact that the, the lenders make loans against hard assets, real assets, real property, to be particular, as opposed to, uh, again, some of the other externalities that a situation or borrower might bring to the table in terms of credit or FICOs or industry characteristics or just stuff that doesn't derive strictly from sticks and brick and land uh, and building improvements. Uh, that's generally the thing about hard money loans. They're not working capital loans. Hard money lenders wouldn't make loans against basically working capital. They prefer borrowers that have lots of working capital, right, or, or loans payable, as opposed to, you know, that only have liabilities. It's an asset, but it's not a real asset, like real property. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the genesis of the term hard money lenders. It's that, or again, it's that, you know, their terms are hard. They're not the most preferred in terms of, again, oh, okay, I'll give you a zero interest, like student loan. Collateralized by nothing, right? I mean, it's a personal obligation. It's not secured. It's not secured by you know any particular thing. Uh, hard money lenders again are sort of saying we need an asset to secure to say, hey, this is going to guarantee that we get repaid. Like most lenders, they want to get repaid. Some of them are willing to do it on an unsecured basis, but guess what? There's a lot more risk there, so they're going to charge a lot more. A hard money lenders or any secured property lender is able to say, look, I've got some other primary repayment method in addition to the borrower's goodwill and character and, you know, that they're going to try to make this right. And that's enough so I can charge X. So thank you. And can you share with us some different types? All hard money loans are not created equal. Sure, right? for sure. Even within that sort of substrata uh, about who will finance what and on what terms, you know, land. Land is kind of risky because for a while it's a liability. You got to keep the weeds off of it and you got to pay taxes on it. So a lot of lenders just say, forget it, we're not doing land at all because it's not an income producing asset. I mean, you can't do anything with it except build upon it. And most lenders are not in that business. It's clearly worth something, it's the one thing they're not making more of. So there's some value to it, but a lot of lenders say, hey, forget it. Uh, we won't do land at all. Or if we do, it's going to be the, the least efficient of that pricing because all they have at the end of the day is, again, this, this lot or buildable parcel, but to extract value from it, you got to put something on it. And that too costs more money, which is not the lender's uh, perspective at that point. They want their money back. They don't want to expend more money. Mm -hmm. So, uh, compare that to a fully occupied apartment complex. I mean, that thing pays for itself, probably and then some, meaning it has a monthly, you know, cash flow that, that is more than sufficient to pay a lender's debt. So, 
any lender on that property is going to be saying, again, compared to a land loan, well, gee, this is a fantastic collateral. Because if his promise was worth nothing, the property earns twice as much as, as the monthly mortgage payment I'm going to advance him, hypothetically twice as much. Uh, that's a fantastic property to lend on because, again, the property itself generates twice as much income as is needed to service the mortgage. Mm -hmm. That looks good. Between that and the borrower's promise, we feel like we're pretty comfortable that this loan is a secure loan and we can give it our best and final kind of pricing. Like most lenders would be looking to advance on a property like that, including the banks. And many of those properties might be initially bankable, but for whatever reason, credit or history or I don't know what, location, certainly. Um, some lenders might say, well, we like it based upon the income, but there's other reasons that we have to either can't do it or we have to tax it in terms of the rate at which we can do it. So yeah, again, even in the hard money space, there's sort of uh, preferences that e each lender can have them. And, and I don't know that there's any science to it. It's more like sometimes their own experience. Some lenders might have done really well with a particular construction loans, for example. Uh, others might say, hey, you know, we learned painful lessons that way and we don't want to go back there. Right, right. And so. so. So to summarize, you've listed several different types of, of hard money loans. Sure. From, from land loans sure. to fully occupied yeah. income producing. Right, right well debt servicing properties right. and there's going to be something <laughs> yeah. both continuing in between those. Yeah. Uh, you've mentioned construction loans sure. or even acquisition and development loans and and those are you mentioned maybe maybe not all lenders are interested in doing that but but that certainly is a type of a hard money loan as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. And again, as to owner-occupied commercial real estate, that's one in particular segment to me that a lot of lenders fumble with because they don't know what the property would rent for or be usable for or its rental value. So they have trouble dialing in on something like that because there's no market derived, you know, with an apartment, you know perfectly well what it's going to rent for because it's got tenants at that rate. And you, you can look at the marketplace and say, you know, are the vacancies really low and this is a really tight market and a really good market and, you know, basically you're always going to get that monthly rental payment even if that particular tenant fumbles. There's going to be a replacement tenant at approximately the same rent, maybe even higher rent. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. In our occupied real estate, you often don't have that. So a lot of lenders choose to sort of say, hey, I don't, because I don't know, I can't price it efficiently. Others, you know, try to dial in on it and say, well, we think the building would rent for X. And because of that, it has an implied rental value anyway of Y. And that number with expenses removed, et cetera, it, it is sufficient to pay the mortgage along with the borrower's promise. So that loan starts to look good. Again, others might, all of the land scenario, just say, I don't know. And because I don't know, I don't know how much I can lend on it. Mm -hmm. Right. So stepping back to talk about hard money loans in general, Sure. Uh, what are some reasons or situations when a borrower, a business owner particularly, should consider a hard money loan, when that might be the most appropriate option for them? 
Well, it depends. Uh, like I said, they need capital out of a property, sometimes on a timely basis. Hard money lenders can usually do things quickly. The space or the, the asset is otherwise difficult to finance. The banks are not clamoring or lining up to make them, like I said before, a, wall, a prime rate based loan. What else? They've got circumstances, if you will, that, that just make timely performance paramount. Like, I've seen partner buyouts. One partner wants to buy out the other and he needs a loan for that. You know, there's value in the real estate, but he doesn't have the money uh, or the business doesn't have the money to, to effectuate an exit for partner B. Yeah, well, one thing that comes to my mind that is often the situation is there's some reason that either the borrower, their situation, or the property doesn't allow them to qualify for a bank loan. Right, it's not quite... Bankable. Yeah, you, again, if it's an income producing property, maybe they bought it and fixed it up a bit and it's improving, but it's not improving rapidly enough. So, you know... they, or they don't have the track record sure. yet. Exactly right, of tax returns and an income stream that says, hey, there's no doubt that this loan is gonna self-perform. Mm -hmm. uh, hard money lenders are able to kind of get past that. Right. So if you think about in your years of underwriting loans, uh, specifically hard money loans, what are those most common, most typical situations where hard money loan is the appropriate mechanism? Yes. Well, uh, again, it's really where they have true equity in the property. You know, it's one thing to, to buy something recently below market and sort of say, oh, it's now worth you know, some some other greater variable, but it's another when you bought it 20 years ago for, you know, for twice the loan amount. That story matters, I think, to most lenders because it says they're invested in making this work. It's not, you know, we saw on the cover of Fortune years ago, all these buyers buying houses that they've never seen or lived in because it was like this crazy frenzy for housing. And, and that might be a sector, I'm not here to say there's something wrong with single family investing. I'm not. Uh, I'm simply saying a lot of lenders might look at that and say, well, what are you gonna do with it meanwhile? Because if all you're banking on is that the property's gonna be worth twice that came out, came to market at from the home builder, uh, eventually that music can stop. And it mm -hmm. stopped quite, quite globally in 2007. And that's the industry that we're in. So what makes an advantageous loan from a lender's perspective? It's, it's, it's true equity. And I think it makes sense to, to most observers. An optimal story is you bought it for a million dollars. You put $300,000 in capital improvements into it. And that was some period of time ago. And now you think it's worth Again, a million and a half, maybe two million. That's not crazy. The idea that you did, you know, $300,000 of improvements and that those had an incremental or additional increase in, in the value of the property. The story fits right. and it makes sense to a lender. Uh, lenders, <laughs> they want skin in the game. They want you to be committed to the property, either by literally equity that you put down years ago or something in between that says it's worth this alone of X amount. Right. 
Well, you touched on something I think is very valuable for business owners to understand that one of the ways where hard money loans are very appropriate is if it is a distressed purchase, for example, right? Sure. Like you mentioned lower vacancy sure. or there's there's a lot of work that's going to need to be done to the property. And so the, the property doesn't qualify for your lower cost long-term financing. Right. You use a bridge loan or a, to a get it there. fix and flip hard money loan or whatever, right? Yeah. As your as your seed capital. And, and the way that makes sense business-wise is if you're going to invest every dollar you invest, you're creating a dollar fifty or two dollars sure. of value out of it. That that is certainly the hope. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. Uh, and and lenders love borrowers who have a track record of doing that. Doing that. That's right. You bet. And, That's and there right. are plenty that do. They buy distressed assets, right? There's right. many big uh, <laughs> investors that that's all they do. Right. I mean, you can do it on a much more micro scale with one property and, you know, uh, just be a property owner or investor that invests in, again, apartment complexes that need, you know, some improvement. Uh, what's the word? Curb appeal. Um, things that make the property more attractive to tenants. Mm-hmm. Sure. And then similarly, but instead of investing necessarily in the real estate, right. they can also use a hard money loan as a bridge loan to invest in business assets, equipment, sure. things that they may need to get. Move the needle. Yeah, to get that business revenue, the business profitability right. up right. where it needs to be to then be able to refi out. Yeah, to a, and, and that can be anything from industrial equipment to you know, restaurants are classic example. They got a ton of kitchen equipment and seating and all that. There's other, you know, things beyond the real property that typically has to has to be part of the picture. That's right. That's right. Jeremy has laid out a lot of information about hard money loans for us. My key takeaways are, first, banks are not the only lenders out there. Second, owning real estate gives business owners a lot more loan options. And third, not all hard money loans are created equal. So pay attention to the details on any loan offer you receive. Thank you for joining us on our funding quest. We will see you next time.